1: BTQ plus people. This episode is all about you and your plants. Welcome to On the Ledge podcast, episode 256. I'm your host Jane Perrone, and in this episode I'm celebrating the wonderful, wonderful world of LGBTQ plus people and their houseplants. Plus, I answer a question about drawing the line with streptocarpus. It's LGBT plus history month here in the UK right now. You can find out more about this month via the website lgbtplushistorymonth.co.uk. So I decided to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community and their houseplants in this special episode. So what should you expect? Well, On The Ledge has been, always will be, about you, the listeners. And so I reached out to listeners who feel like they're part of this community and asked them to answer the question, what houseplants mean to me? And the result was this tapestry of different voices talking on this theme, bringing your own unique perspectives to it. There were a few listeners who didn't want to record their own messages, so those messages are voiced either by me or by my assistant, Kelly. So without any further ado, let's hear your words about what houseplants mean to me.
2: What do houseplants mean to me? To answer that question, I definitely have to start from the beginning. So hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm 18 and I'm bisexual and non-binary. And my journey with houseplants started in secondary school. It wasn't a pretty time. I felt pretty alienated from my peers due to my queer identity, which unfortunately led to severe anxiety and depression. And around this time, in um, 2019, my mum bestowed upon me this spider plant that she'd been given that she didn't want. I didn't want it either, but I knew that if she took it, she would definitely kill it, so I begrudgingly accepted this plant and I cared for this spider plant. and. In return, although I didn't know it at the time, it gave me a purpose and it gave me space to be myself. It didn't judge me and it listened to what I had to say and it grew and it thrived and it made me feel better. So I started to collect more and more houseplants and long story short... I live in a jungle Um, it's amazing it's great I've got like 80 houseplants life is good and it's thanks to this houseplant collection that I'm growing and I'm thriving and I'm happy in my queer identity and I'm now studying for my level three diploma in horticulture which is a thing by the way Um, (laughs) and I'm pursuing a career in tropical plants with an aim to inspire others just to buy that first houseplant because houseplant's provide this freedom to grow and be mindful and they connect us to nature and they're just beautiful um, it's amazing that that we were able to have plants indoors in this world where a lot of us don't have access to a garden so yeah houseplants plants for me are essentially the pursuit of freedom because I can wholeheartedly say that that is exactly what they have given me
3: Hello Jane, my name is Eric Kvaff and I live in Los Angeles, California. I started heavily getting into house plants when I moved to California about 20 years ago. And now I have even made it my career. I work as a horticulturalist for an internet plant company. I also provide plant advice and create content for my company I really appreciate you talking about how difficult it is to diagnose typical plant problems from either just a photo or a video I have also struggled with this and find that sometimes the best action is no action I am a proud older gay I grew up in the era when being gay was much more of an issue, but I was also part of the people who fought for early gay rights through groups like ACT UP and Queer Nation. And now I am definitely enjoying the fruits of my labor. My husband, who I've been with for almost 20 years, is also a big plant nerd. We appreciate our time on the patio, taking care of and um, looking at our many, many house plants that here in Southern California, We basically just grow outside, on our patio.
1: I'm Jack. I had two homes as a child. One rural, a dairy farm in the soggy Midlands. It was cold. It rained. I wasn't interested in tractors or machinery, and I didn't seem to fit. I liked books about explorers in faraway places, dense jungles and exotic islands... For these were the places where people had exciting lives and adventures. I was lucky. My second home was thousands of miles away in Australia. It was hot and lush and heaving with rampant life. It smelled of eucalyptus and rainforest floors, alive and throbbing and explosively colourful. Our garden there had not one single gloomy conifer or desperate lumpen laurel. Instead, it had coconut palms, ginger lilies and strelitzias. As a small person encountering the tropics, this was my first impression of what real colour was. Far from the smudgy greens and dull, muddy, Friesian farmyard shades, I found turquoise, iron red, psychedelic lorikeets and sulphur yellow. And the plants were the ones from my adventure books. Finally, soaring palm trees, broad fans of giant foliage and enormous frothy ferns. Forests you could find a dinosaur in, and the kind of gardens impossible in the UK. It was a world of vibrant life and colour, and a place I found I could fit. This is why I love houseplants so much. A common connection for queer people is the feeling of not belonging or being in the wrong place. My LGBTQ mates, some of them gardeners and some of them not, all agree that building a world for ourselves is crucial. We have to make our spaces, we have to establish our own communities, and we must construct worlds in which we do fit and do belong. Mine is filled with tropical plants because they connect me back to the joy of finally finding a space outside of the humdrum grey that I didn't belong in. My houseplants make me feel alive. For me, every screaming leaf and extravagant frond is a foliar F.U. to anyone who said I was too loud, too colourful, too flamboyant, too gay. Each weird alocasia and peculiar succulent partying with abandon on my sunny windowsills are a reflection of the life and the character that LGBT communities celebrate. Different, strange, non-binary, and fiercely alive. And here is where I fit, and where everyone is welcome, my Babylonian garden of South London tropical excess. I'm a geek, I'm weird, I'm beautiful, and I cherish every single haughty, geeky, weirdo friend I've made along the way. House plants rock.
4: Hi Jane, uh, my name is Sam and I'm 17 years old. I'm probably one of the younger uh, listeners of your podcast that are in the LGBTQ plus community and the houseplant community to uh, think about it. You asked the question, what houseplants mean to me? Um, as a relatively young LGBTQ plus person, finding myself was really difficult throughout school. Um, and I think a lot of other people will find that uh, in, in the community. They will resonate with that message quite a lot. And um, I think houseplants for me are a pillar. They're something that I can always depend on. Like, no one really cares what a houseplant does, what a houseplant looks like, what a houseplant sounds like today. No one can really judge them. I think... Uh, being able to pour my positivity and creativity and my passion into houseplants really really roots me and gives me something to gaze upon when i'm not feeling great myself my houseplants are and no matter how much sadness um i feel they are always looking good and Houseplants always keep me uplifted, and um, I think a lot of LTP to keep us people feel that.
5: Hi, Jane from cold, snowy Alberta. My name is Wilma, or Will as my family and friends know me. I was raised on a hog farm. We had sheep, fowl, rabbits, and guinea pigs also. I was a tomboy, always working with my father. And he had a very big vegetable garden with flower beds around the house and fruit trees and shrubs. My mom has always had houseplants since I can remember and in my teens I started growing some also. Because I grew up in a cushion family I was too afraid to come out as a queer but once I went back to school to Olds College to learn horticulture that's when I came out. I've been a horticulturist in Alberta and BC in retail and production and in the last 15 years, I worked as a hort technician at Olds College, working in the atrium with lots of tropicals in the greenhouses, growing annuals, perennials, tropicals, and even weeds for weed ID. I've worked in the botanical gardens and now I work in the plots in the vegetables and fruit trees and shrubs. I love variegated plants and I'll even leave variegated weeds until they go to seed, then I'll pull them out. We have quite a few queer staff on campus and even a queer club for students at the college and in the high school. But it's still hard for teens and others to come out in Olds and in Alberta. So thanks for all you do, Jane. Love your podcasts.
6: I have something to say about being LGBT and being in the plant community. It's home. It was the first community that didn't care who I loved. For the first time in a long time, I found a group of people who were so open and accepting of who I am. Through this community, I've learned to love and accept myself and start to really be me.
1: This is from James Whiting, a.k.a. Plants by There on Instagram. Houseplants have been a part of my queer life in so many ways. They've helped me express my personal creativity at events like the Chelsea Flower Show, who've finally given some space to houseplants in recent years and have steered me to change my career to be more fulfilling. But on a more personal note, houseplants really help me to relax and be aware of my own wellness when times have been tough, by giving me purpose, a routine and something to focus on when things felt overwhelming and heavy. Just having the presence of nature in my home allowed me to focus my mind and energy. They have inspired me to push my own social boundaries and make new connections with people that perhaps I would have shied away from in the past. Houseplants have been in my life from a really young age, but ever since coming out, they've been a prominent and important aspect of my life and even my personality. They've changed my outlook, inspired my goals and I know they will be at the centre of everything I do as a gay person in the future. There is a long way to go in the world of horticulture to make it feel more inclusive, but we'll get there, one houseplant at a time.
7: Hello, my name is Adam, my pronouns are he, him, and I am also who has the Instagram account at NotDude and the YouTube channel at NotDude. I am a Hoya head. I love Hoya. Thank you so much, Jane, for reaching out and asking me to be a part of this episode about what houseplants mean to me. Houseplants entered my life at a time where there was not a lot of stability. Like many LGBTQ plus folks, um, I was not living authentically. I was pretending to be somebody who I wasn't. And pretending for that long... um, and constantly feeling like you are a bad person because of how you feel and who you love um, causes a lot of distress and that's where I was. And houseplants came into the picture and here were these things that I could care for, that I could tend to, that I could nurture, um, all the while being authentically me because they don't care. don't care who gives them the water they just want the water so houseplants became a therapy for me and it was an important therapy and i'm so grateful that i found this hobby when i did and i found my love for houseplants when i did because it was a saving grace in my life and here we are multiple years later still going strong lots of hoya um living in the desert now But my plants are happy, and that makes me happy. So plants are very special to me for all of those reasons, and I just wish that everyone else can also feel that same amount of joy and that same amount of admiration for plants. Thanks again for having me on your episode, Jane, and uh, cheers to all you plant nerds.
1: I do hope that you've been enjoying hearing all these wonderful stories and voices. More to come shortly. But first, I'm going to tackle this week's question. And it was a question I saw on a Facebook group, not one directed to me, but I did answer it because, well, you know, I love to share the knowledge. And I know this is something that, sometimes gets asked, so I thought it would be valuable to share what I said on that Facebook group here. The problem with this streptocarpus was that the person who'd received it thought that it might be variegated. And that was because they looked at the leaves and there seemed to be a yellow area or a paler area towards the end of the leaf. It kind of looked like a two-tone leaf. And of course, lots of houseplant people love variegation and look for it everywhere. So variegated Streptocarpus sounded like a good thing. Now, if you're not familiar with Streptocarpus, the common name is the Cape Primrose, and they are relatives of African violets and flame violets, and they are within the Gesneriad family, which, if you're a long-time listener, you know I absolutely love. So they're known for their flowers, but there are indeed variegated Streptocarpus in existence. But the leaves don't tend to look like this leaf in question. They tend to have cream splashes on them and don't have this sort of almost half moon effect, except it's the, the inner part of the leaf is green and the outer part is paler. So what is going on? Well, Streptocarpus are plants that are very good at demonstrating something called the line of abscission. Now, I know that sounds a little bit like something out of Game of Thrones, but let me explain. If you've got a leaf on a tree that is deciduous where the leaves fall off in the winter, before those leaves fall off, the plant does something called resorption. And it makes perfect sense. The plant does not want to waste the energy that's in that leaf. So the plant breaks down the materials in that leaf and resorption happens because that stuff, all that good stuff is being reabsorbed into the plant to get it through the next season. And then once that's happened, abscission happens. And that's where, in the case of a deciduous tree in the autumn, the leaves fall off. With Streptocarpus, it's a little bit different but the same process is happening. So when light levels start to drop in the autumn here in the Northern Hemisphere, the plant detects this and starts to realise that the photosynthetic machinery that it's got in the form of all of its leaves is a bit excessive. It doesn't need as much leaf surface area in order to photosynthesize because the light levels are that bit lower. So this plant starts to do a bit of resorption on some of its leaves and it works from the end of the leaf in. And so you end up with a leaf that looks half yellow or pale and half green. And the line of abscission shows you how far the plants got with that leaf. Oftentimes with Streptocarpus, you'll find that it doesn't go all the way up to the end of the leaf drops off. It might lose half the leaf going yellow and the inner portion will stay green. I don't know why in particular Streptocarpus are very visible in the way they operate this line of abscission. Obviously with a lot of plants they just turn yellow and they drop and it's as simple as that. Not with Streptocarpus, it tends to operate in this way so you see this line of abscission really really clearly. If you want to have a look at my streptocarpus, which is showing this very thing. I'll put a picture in the show notes at janeperone.com and you can also check my videos out on Instagram where I'm j.l.perone and on TikTok where I'm on the Ledge podcast. I've done a short video explaining this and showing my plant and its line of abscission. So do go and take a look at that. Well, I hope that's helped somebody with a streptocarpus and uh, just also to say there are still primulinas another member of the gesneriad family that are being sold as streptocarpus so if you've recently bought a streptocarpus pretty turtle it's not a streptocarpus it's a primulina different species altogether streptocarpus come from the continent of africa whereas primulina are from southeast asia so good to know uh <laughs> if you happen to be as obsessive about plant ids as me well that's question of the week done. If you've got a question for me and I do have a QA coming up, drop me a line to on the ledge podcast at gmail.com. And now it's time to head back to our consideration of what houseplants mean to me in celebration of LGBT plus History Month. Mm.
9: My name is Gaia, and this is what houseplants mean to me. Houseplants are a breath of fresh air in any city, a testament to being in the moment, and a truth cloaked in green that growth is often good. They are memories of good and bad, people and places. They are life and death exposed as not only natural, but necessary. They are pictures of progress, a show that warrants discovery at every step. They are salvation and freedom, being the embodiment of the fact that you must be how you are meant to be, and to never negotiate. They are friends free of judgment, and often great to talk to, and reminders that we need what we need and that is final, a point you would think would be a given, but oh no, (laughs) They are connection with all things, above and below. They are proof of our place and they are confirmation of uniqueness, often being beauty. Houseplants, for me, helped me see that beauty is not in the eye of its beholder, but it is in you and me.
6: My name is Cheyenne, or Shea, and I rediscovered gardening in 2016. When I picked up my first succulent from a grocery store, little did I know it would lead me on a path of self-discovery, healing and truly learning to love myself. When I initially got back into gardening, my mental health was in a poor state and caring for plants became an extension of taking care of myself. It caused me to become more observant, to notice and reflect on small daily changes to dedicate time for myself every day. I began to notice that if my plants weren't looking their best, it correlated with my mental state. Making myself get up to do plant chores became a meditative sort of practice where I would reflect on what was happening in my mind and work through things. In 2019, I began to sell plants and I'll never forget how happy I was the first time I got a message from someone expressing how happy it made them. Connecting to others who struggle or deal with mental health and sharing similar healing experiences has been one of the most rewarding aspects of gardening and it has helped me to make some incredible friends over the years. I truly believe that gardening and plants helped save me from myself and has given me a means to help others facing similar struggles.
0: Hi, I'm Michael Perry, also known as Mr Plant Geek. I'm a plant expert and a homosexual man. So I wanted to talk about plants and how I've always found them a a refuge and a comfort blanket, especially in my early days when I had worries about my sexuality and kind of, and it wasn't cool to love plants in those days either, but they were what I used to kind of as a refuge, kind of almost hiding behind in a way, which is very different to how I treat them now, but they were always there for me. And that is brilliant, you know, horticulture, plants, were the way that I escaped from the world around me and and indeed how you can do that these days too but you know the world has changed and everything is a lot more open and it's kind of more acceptable not only to be a gay man but also to love plants as well so I'm really really happy that that change has happened but what has lubricated that has been social media and different platforms online so we should never discount the importance of those platforms but Plants have always been by my side. They brought me through some of the most tumultuous moments. And now they still are helping me to connect with the outside world. They are, social media is really helping us to find other people with really niche plant interests, but also other people with niche life interests and different sexualities and different approaches to life as well. And social media is a great lubricant for all that. And the thing that just softens all the edges is plants. And plants have really helped us connect with each other all at the same time as well. So with that kind of cocktail of the free, I think that we're doing really, really well, and the representation is just immense, not only for plants, but also for the LGBTQ+ plus community as well. So I'd really like to thank plants for bringing me to to be as proud as I am today..
10: My name's Bobby and I use he, him, and they, them pronouns. And I am a visual artist and plant enthusiast based in Nam, also known as Melbourne, in so-called Australia. And yeah, I have been studying biology independently for the past three and a half years, uh, which I find completely fascinating. And uh, what came to mind was that for the longest time, when I've kind of been posting online about my love for plants, it kind of became like this motif in my practice where I would like identify with different plants at different stages. And for the longest time, I was going by the name like Hannah the Cactus. And that was like really fitting and uh, was right for me at the time. But like over the years it's kind of changed and different plants have meant different things for me I suppose it's like a symbol, (laughs) if that makes sense. And then after that, uh, when I changed my name to be Bobby, um, I tried out, you know, another kind of prickly plant. Um, I tried out the name like Bobby Thistle and that also was really fitting for a while as well. Um, And I suppose for the longest time, both the cactus and like, the thistle plant represented kind of this, I know this protection or this uh, like wall of or barricading myself and protecting myself and feeling strong and feeling and more recently I suppose I found a bit more resonance with the plant moss and have just become completely obsessed and just bewildered by how remarkable a little plant it is. I don't know how much of that is linked with being a part of the LGBTQ plus community. I suppose just playing around with these symbols and these plants and them representing different things, different points in my life. And that having like a little bit of crossover with like my name and my sense of identity and self, or at least like what I put on Instagram. Yeah, that's definitely been something that I've related to, I suppose. But yeah, there's a lot of ways that plants kind of bring me a lot of comfort and a lot of joy as well.
8: Hi Jane, this is long-time listener Leon van Eck. I use he-him pronouns, and I'm a biology professor at a small private university in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So what do plants mean to me? Well, growing up as a gay boy in South Africa in the 90s, I didn't really feel like I fit in or belonged. I was too timid to play sports, which all seemed too pointless and rough for my liking. Likewise, I didn't really relate to most of the pop culture everyone else seemed to be into. What I did love was to escape into the natural world whether through reading about nature or spending hours in the garden. The planet has so many weird and wonderful organisms, and I wanted to know about them all. From caring for plants in my childhood bedroom to building my own orchid greenhouse as an undergraduate student, my early interest in plants has blossomed into an obsession. I love growing plants, reading and listening to other people talk about plants, and seeing plants growing in their native habitat. Being surrounded by houseplants makes me think of the diversity of habitats they come from, and the diversity of adaptations those plants have evolved to thrive in those places. And of course they are so, so pretty, and what I long for most in this world is for things to be more beautiful. When times got dark, whether through disease, depression, or disappointment, I always had an orchid bud to look forward to. Plants make you excited about the next day, the next season. To me, they embody hope for the future and now I get to teach young people about how amazing plants are for my career. When I'm not teaching introductory botany, I'm managing the university greenhouse and plant collection. I also have 103 houseplants in my office, and students are very enamored of them when they stop by. It's a great opportunity to talk plants with students more casually. When I can convince them to consider a career in the botanical sciences, I feel like the presence of so many plants in my office is entirely justified. It has been particularly rewarding seeing how many LGBTQ students are gravitating towards the plant sciences. I had found a vocation and a sense of belonging in working with plants, and I hope they do too.
1: This comes from Ian Drummond, indoor plant expert and obsessive and author of Plants at Home. Houseplants have always been part of life. One of my first memories was being given a spider plant from my parents when I was around four years old. I was then hooked. As a child, I was a bit of a loner, so houseplants really did become important to me. Houseplants help our mental health and they also teach us a lot too. They teach us about care and that we are all complex and have different needs. So coming out as a young gay man, the plants around me became even more important. My houseplant studio, The Green Room at the 2021 RHS Chelsea Flower Show, was a real celebration of gay culture and a thank you to houseplants for what they've given me. In my life and career, I even had a drag queen DJ for the opening of the show. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed To this episode. I'm so proud of you all. I hope that's okay to say, but it's true. I'm just always blown away by the brilliance of the On the Ledge community, and it was so wonderful to hear your diverse, eloquent voices in this episode. So thank you. On to other matters. Before I end the show, as I said in the last episode, my book Legends of the Leaf is out on April 27th. So, in the episodes between now and the book coming out every week, I'm giving you a fact from Legends of the Leaf. And in fact, the book has now gone to print. So, I'm hoping the book will be hot off the presses soon. In the meantime, I want to bring you a fact every episode from the book and this week it concerns my old favourite Saxifragia stolonifera. now I'm sure putting this in a book of iconic houseplants will be for some a bit of a controversial decision my answer to that is it's my book and I'll do what I like <laughs> but seriously I mean I was serious about that it is my book I can do what I like but also I believe this houseplant is iconic it's been around for a really long time and grown as a house plant and so i do think it's worth including and the other reason why it's a fascinating house plant is because it's an edible house plant maybe that's news to you but the strawberry saxifrage has been eaten for a long time in japan its native home where it's considered part of the category of plants known as sansai which means mountain vegetables and the Japanese use the tender young leaves of this plant as tempura. So I would imagine many of you have eaten tempura before. I have not eaten saxifraga stolonifera tempura, but I am raising up some young plants to give it a try in the next few weeks. So it's a really fascinating plant. I have done an episode on it, which I'll link in the show notes, but it has an edible use and is also been used medicinally for hundreds of years in traditional medicine where it grows wild and I think one of the uses is for hemorrhoids uh, and maybe don't try that at home you can now pre-order it online in all the usual places I hope if you have any problems of getting hold of it do let me know and you can find the details for the book on my website show notes at janeperone.com. and hopefully I'll be bringing you good news soon of the beautiful being in my hands. Can't wait. That is all for this week's show. I will be back next week with more plenty content for you lovely, lovely people. Have a great week. Bye. music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops, Dead from the Beginning, Alive till the End by Dr. Turtle, and Dizzy Spells by Josh Woodward. All tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. Visit the show notes for details.